0: Blessings, folks. Welcome to the Word Podcast. I'm Dale. Uh, We're going to the 17th chapter of Acts and pick up where we were in the last episode. Paul has been brought by the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers to the Areopagus, where he's able to speak and address the people. Uh, The people that brought him, I highly suspect, thought they were going to get an entertaining little moment right here. Little did they know. That they were going to get a presentation of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. There's a lot here, so let's begin reading it. Verse 22. So, Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So, that was the inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. So twice in this passage he's going to say something about ignorance. Uh, quite often we're offended when we hear that word or something. Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. It just simply means you're unlearned, okay? All of us are ignorant of 99.9% of the things in the world, right? So he said that you're worshiping in your ignorance, but he says, I'm going to proclaim to you what the truth is and who this God is that you call the unknown God. And then Paul starts verse 24. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. And he made from one man every nation of mankind, to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and exist, as even some of your poets have said. For we also are his children." So you see what he does right here. And that's all one sentence right there, I believe. Let me back up. Uh, yeah, it is, That from the time he starts, is one sentence, there's several verses in the English language. But he's saying this, that God is the one who created everything. And when we get to the end of this, you're gonna see what their reaction is. And they didn't have a negative reaction about that there's a God who created everything. The pagans of the world will acknowledge that there's somebody who's a creator, okay? And so, He's saying He created everything. He doesn't dwell in temples. He doesn't need human hands to come along and serve Him. And the reason is, it is He, it is this God who gives us our life and our breath. And then He gets into some interesting details. You never really hear this priest about or taught upon that God Himself is the one that made mankind into every nation. And He appointed the boundaries of their habitation the boundary of the uh, nations, the boundaries of our lives, okay? I think there's a thing where we are geographically supposed to be. There's a place where God wants us to be. He's appointed the times, the very time of our existence and our lives have been appointed by God. And he's saying that man gropes and seeks for God, but God's not that far away. He's not like hiding from us because he says it's in him that we live and move and breathe and have our very existence. And then he says that some of your poets have said, we also are his children. So what Paul is doing is he's quoting their Greek poets. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's there's times when you can say something and say, hey, it's just like somebody said right here. We learn later on after Paul leaves from here and he goes to Corinth and he spends time in Corinth, leaves Corinth and then he writes a letter back to him. In 1 Corinthians, he said, you know what? When I got there, I determined to preach nothing more or less than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, not in cleverness of speech or anything like that, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I don't think he was saying that what he was saying here in Acts 17 is wrong, but I think that he was trying to speak in their language and trying to make it a little presentable. When we get to the end out here, you're going to see that there's some people who did respond. Okay, There's some people who believed. But you really don't see a, uh, a church in Athens like you saw in Thessalonica or like you see in Ephesus or like you see in Corinth. Okay, you see people who there are believers there, but you don't see an explosion of the gospel. So he's saying this. He's quoting the poets, and the poet said this, For we also are his children. Verse 29 is the verse that we began with when we started looking at Acts 17. Being then the children of God, He's saying, since you acknowledge that we are children of God, and I'm telling you, it's this unknown God that you don't know what his name is. He says this, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and the thought of man. He's saying, you've got great art, you've got great stones, you've got great statues, you have wonderful images, they're great, but these are not the God." The unknown God, the one who created us, the one who lives and breathes our existence into us cannot be held by something like that. But here's the good news. Verse 30. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance. And I'm reading from the New American Standard again. I I love what it says in the King James. uh, It says, having winked at the times of ignorance. Having winked at them. In other words, realizing, okay, God's saying they're ignorant of these things. He allows that for a time, but now that time is at an end. Having done that, God is now declaring to all men that all people everywhere should repent. Verse 31, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. So Paul is speaking and he addresses this stuff. He brings forth the truth in the way they could understand it. He's talking about the poet and all this. But now he's saying this, that God is going to judge the world in relationship to righteousness. And he's going to do it through a man. And that man's going to be found worthy to be the judge because God is going to raise him from the dead. Verse 32 tells us their reaction. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. And others said, we shall hear you again concerning this. In other words, they made fun of him. They belittled him. And they said, hey, we'll hear some more later about this. Which, that's sort of interesting because perhaps they did want to hear more later about it. Perhaps they wanted to reflect more upon this. More than likely, they get sort of embarrassed by what it was they'd wasted their time or whatever. So verse 33 says, Paul went out of their midst. He left. He presented it, spoke that of the resurrection. They started laughing, sneering at him. He leaves. Verse 34, the last verse of Acts 17. But some men joined him and believed. Some did. And we rejoice in that, okay? Quite often we think that the multitudes have to, or we're not, uh, quote, unquote, successful. Nothing could be further from the truth. Some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So you see that there are several that did believe. I love the fact that Paul dealt with from the very beginning the divine nature of God the Godhead of God. He didn't get into detail of it, but he talked about God, the creator. And he said, God, the creator is going to send forth a man who will be the one that will judge the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he was resurrected from the dead. From the very beginning, he's showing the nature of God. Uh, We'll see some more about this next time. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you then.